Mental health check-in with Lee. Come on and check-in with me. Mental health check-in with Lee. Come on and check-in with me. Mental health check-in with Lee. Come on and check-in with me. Come on and check-in with me. Mental health check-in with Lee. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of Mental Health Check-In with Leek. Today, I have a special guest. All my guests are special, but I have a guest today, my brother, Rich. How are you doing today, my brother? I am doing really good, man. How are you? I'm doing good. Um, I want to say thank you for saying yes. Thank you for, um, you know, as a man coming on here, just to have that conversation surrounding mental health, and I really, really appreciate it. No problem. So let's get into the first question. I love this question. Um, I ask everybody this question. Um, one of my favorite questions. And I'm going to ask you, how is your mental health? So I would say currently my mental health um, overall is good. You know, sometimes we have rough mornings and I'm, yeah. I got to be transparent. I'm not going to sit here and shoot the coat. Um, we all have our mornings, but all in all, I would say that my mental health is, um, is, is in a good space. It's in a good place in this season. That's good. That's good. I like to ask that question because I feel like somebody could be struggling, you know, mentally. But if you ask somebody how how you doing, you know, we always say, you know, it's been we're like, well, okay, I'm okay, I'm okay. But if you ask somebody how's your mental health, it opens the door to like a deeper question. I mean, deeper conversation to say, you know, I'm okay, but mentally, you know, I'm struggling. So thank you for answering that. No problem. Next question for you: um, Growing up, was it okay not to be okay for you? Repeat that. Um, growing up as a child, you know, was it okay not to be okay for you? Oh, that's that's a deep question. Um, <laughs> you know, like, I, okay, I'll say this. I, I feel like my parents, um, my parents did the best that they could. But I think for me, a lot of times, and I even still struggle with this now, um, I'm the type of person that if I am feeling some type of way or, you know, things are kind of going rough. I tend to conceal it for the sake of trying to appease other people. So for instance, like just kind of rewind, rewinding myself back and going back to when I was a child, like if I was dealing with something, more than likely, I probably would um, not really tell my parents, oh, you know, I don't know, I'm sad or I'm this, I'm that. Um, yeah. I was one of those people where I would just sort of put on a mask um, and just kind of going about my day, going about my business. You know, I made sure that I did schoolwork. Um, I would because I excelled in academics, so I always tried to make sure that all of that stuff was good. So even if I was dealing with something, um, then I wouldn't really talk about it. Like my parents got a divorce when I was seventh grade, I believe. Yeah, and you know, divorce is hard on kids. Um, and I really don't remember anyone ever asking me, well, how are you? And, and that question that you asked sort of helped me to remember, like, I really don't remember anybody asking me how I was doing. Like, of course, you know, people were consoling my dad, my mom, whatnot. But yeah. in terms of me as a child, I, I really don't remember anyone just kind of checking in with me. So um, to kind of bring it back to your point, um, I want to say that it probably really wasn't okay to not be okay, um, which is unfortunate. I'd like to ask that question as a follow-up question behind the first question, because like, is um, 
very important to know, like the people that's listening to know that people grew up differently. You know, that question can look different. There's no right answer to that question, but that question can look different for anybody because mm-hmm. everybody grew up different. So, you know, thank you for that, my brother. Thank you. Um, my next question for you is, um, you know, there's a stigma, right, surrounding mental health, right? But there's mm-hmm. a stigma surrounding men's mental health. What do you say to that stigma that, you know, um, they say that men can't be weak, you know, um, you got to man up, you know, you can't cry, you can't be depressed, you can't be, like, have these weak moments of cry. Like, what do you say to that stigma that's out there? So I really feel like that stigma and those stereotypes are really literally killing men. And I say literally killing them because a lot of men are struggling with depression um, and all sorts of um, internal battles. And they don't feel that they can talk to anyone about it simply because like you just said, a lot of those stereotypes um, or things thrown at them are stuff like, oh, you know, men don't cry. Men don't talk about their feelings. Men don't talk about their emotions. They don't show their emotions. Yeah. Um, And so a lot of men feel that they have to keep a facade for the sake of maybe in their home, like with their children or with their spouses or even amongst their friends. Um, And so I feel like that's killing a lot of men simply because they are killing themselves, right? Like suicide rates um, are up. And I had some stats, but I don't have them pulled up. But I do know for a fact that for men, specifically, um, the rate of suicide is much higher than it is for women. Um, and, and I feel that that's because of the fact that men don't really seek help for the things that they're dealing with. They sort of keep it all inside. And it's like a soda bottle that you shake up. You know, you keep shaking and shaking and shaking. At some point, is going to burst, right? And so I feel like for many men, that's what happens. They, um, It's like that bottle shaking up and it gets to a point where they like reach their capacity and um, end up either hurting themselves, hurting other people or both, killing themselves, all of that. So that was great how you said that with the bottle shaking. <laughs> that's exactly how that feeling. Like I, when you were explaining it, I'm just thinking like, damn, that's some... Like, that's how I feel sometimes where I feel like I had to stay silent. I couldn't speak about stuff because I didn't want nobody, you know, look at me crazy, look at me funny or just judge me by saying that boy always weak. You always like depressed. So thank you for sharing that. Um, and that's a question for you, right? What does mental health mean to you? We know that you um, are doing your thing in the mental health field, but what does that mean to you? So for me, um, mental health means... I look at it holistically. So, you know, not only is your the mental side of it important, but I feel like spiritually, physically, um, emotionally, all of it is sort of intertwined. And so I feel like if one of those areas is sort of off, um, then it, it, it throws the whole balance off. So like if your mental health is not good, then um, it affects you doing other things. It affects you, you know, being physically healthy because most people don't realize, but um, when you're struggling mentally, it really can start to come out in physical um, yeah. physical effects. Like people be sick and you'd be trying to figure out like, why, why am I feeling sick? Why is my, you know, why am I dealing with these digestive issues? Yeah. Uh, all sorts of stuff that, you know, the science backs it up. So for me, mental health um, is just having, you know, a balance. And of course you're going to have your days where, 
you may not be feeling it. I mean, we're human beings and everybody goes through that. But I think when it gets to a point where you're in that constant state of um, just feeling down and, 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 you know, sad and depressed and whatnot, then you really do need to um, reach out for some support and some help there. So yeah, for me, mental health, when I think of mental health, I think of somebody who is um, holistically um, in a good space. Before we get into our next question, I want to say anybody out there that's struggling mentally, um, any deep like depression or suicidal thoughts or suicide ideation, there is a prevention line number out there. All you have to do is now dial 988. I say this in every episode. So glad they changed that number <laughs> from that one eight hundred to 988. It's so easy to dial. If you are someone that's struggling, you know, please reach out to them. Um, question I want to ask you, um, I want to ask you, have you ever dealt with any thoughts of suicide or thoughts of not being here, but I'll answer it first because I like to make my guests feel comfortable if they want to, you know, open up. So um, everybody knows my story. I was sexually abused by two of my male cousins as a child. So, you know, then started dealing with that until I got like 25, 26, I believe. And, you know, I realized I had issues with men and stuff like trust issues with men. Lost my mom 2019 to liver cancer. Then lost my sister nine months later. So like suicide has been on my mind a lot. You know, temps, you know, thoughts of it, you know, plans has been on my mind. But I can say that um, I haven't had any in a while. Like what I've been doing, which I don't recommend because I'm not a doctor. I've been taking, um, I've been microdosing and it's been amazing for my mental health. No suicidal thoughts since like February um no like no deep dark depression like if i anxiety anxiety has come because i had to fly on a plane i hate flying actually no this already on a plane went away i took some i took some microdosing stuff and it actually helped but um anybody out there struggling you know i like i do this podcast some there's been times where i struggle there's been times where i've been suicidal while doing an episode or just been so down deep down depressed doing an episode you know make sure you reach out to somebody this community where was that church community um I volunteer for NAMI, um, Bucks County PA. NAMI is a national organization to help with mental health. And they have different chapters where free support groups, you know, it's not intended to replace therapy, but come on, like free support groups. There'll be a support group that's online with people, you know, that's probably dealing with the same problems you are. So if you're struggling, you know, please reach out. I would agree. Um, you know, there is support out there. And I think for a lot of people, they don't, they don't believe that. Um, but these days, I feel like there's so much um, support out there for people who are just struggling. Um, so for me, in terms of dealing with suicidal thoughts, I have um, dealt with those before. Um, back in, man, what was this, 2017? This was like right before I met my wife. Um, I you know, had a moment where I just really was just sort of fed up with with life, um, just yeah. going through some stuff, some personal stuff. And, um, you know, I knew that for one, it wasn't where God wanted me to be. And so I was just, I don't know, I was just really down and out. And I, I would say that that's the only time that it's been that extreme where like I literally contemplated um, moving forward with the act. Now I have had other times where, you know, I'm just, feeling down and you know those thoughts may come but never to the extent where you know I actually 
contemplate moving forward with it. It's just more so, I would say, a passing thought. Um, but in 2017, that was when I had that, I would say, really kind of pivotal moment. And I really look at it as a, I call it come to Jesus moment, where um, I knew that I had to totally rely on him to help me out of that. Now, what I will say, because I know not everybody believes the way that yeah. I believe, so I always like to give that caveat. If you find yourself in a space where you're having these thoughts, um, you know, even if they're just thoughts and you feel like, okay, well, I know I'm really not going to do it. But even the thoughts, I think it, it's good to talk to someone. And, and that hotline, I think, is, is a great resource because not everybody um, may have a therapist at the moment and they may not be able to just wait until they find a therapist and then schedule an appointment. But those hotlines and things like that um, are very helpful. And even honestly, maybe talking to a friend, a close friend, um, if you're just struggling, you know, granted, they may not be able to properly help you in the way that a therapist would. But I think sometimes just even talking to somebody in that moment can sort of talk you off the ledge, literally. Um, so having support um, is, is something that I would add is very important. Um, we are not meant to do life alone. I mean, granted, not everybody's going to get married. Not everybody's going to be in relationships. As far yeah. as dating and romantic, I understand that. But I think it's important for people to have friends and and things that they can sort of, um, you know, talk to and and um, fight in if they're struggling with something. Yeah. So if anybody out there that's struggling, um, any thoughts of suicide, please reach out. The suicide prevention number is 988. 988 is the number to dial. Um, you can call them if you're bored, you know, if you're lonely, if you say you just need someone to talk to, you know, they are there. 365 days like please make sure you reach out and some of the local NAMIs have warm lines that you can call at certain times I know the one at Bus County PA they have it from 3 p.m to 10 p.m daily that you can just call as your board just want to talk to somebody just make sure you get a community like I said church community whatever community is a group small right. group whatever that community is make sure you talk to somebody like, I know somebody always says it's always better to have a mad friend than a dead friend and I didn't get it at first, but now I do get it now. So please, guys, reach out. Absolutely. So my next question for you, right? Um, I know you, um, you know, talk to Rich online, everybody. I know he like, talks about, um, you know, being sexually abused. Like, can you go more into that of, like, how that, like, mess, probably mess with your mental health? So I, I feel like I have an interesting story because, um, and honestly, this. I've heard of other people with the same experience. So for me, um, to be honest, I didn't really even recall my incident that happened to me as a child until last year, um, last summer. So to kind of tell the story a little bit more in detail. So like literally one morning I woke up and I was like, hold on, because I just had a memory that literally just came back to my mind and so um at first I was like okay well maybe I was just dreaming and maybe it really didn't happen I know that I do this work with other people so perhaps maybe I'm thinking about somebody else's story you know and I was like okay so whatever let me just kind of sit with this a bit so um for the next few weeks after that like I really just kind of sat and thought about it and I brought it up to my therapist at that time um and I was like you know I think that I was molested 
as a kid by a family member, um, like I can vividly remember the person clearly, but I remember where I was, I remember the act and all of that. And I was like, now I don't know if it happened more than once. I really only remember that specific incident, but for, I'm 34 years old now, at that time I was 33. And I was like, for the, these past 20 something years, that memory has sort of just been buried deep down. And so, you know, just in the research that I've done and just in the work that I've done with other people, that does tend to happen to some people where, you know, things happen to them as a kid and our mind's way of protecting us sometimes is sort of burying it. And um, sometimes it just like randomly comes back up or maybe you're triggered yeah. by something and it kind of causes it to come up. And so for me, I it made sense because just kind of looking at some of the stuff that I've dealt with over the years, some stuff I've dealt with in the context of relationships, um, it it made sense because it looked a lot like people that I know who have dealt with abuse yeah. and, and assault and all of that and how they sort of engage with people, some of the struggles they've had. Um, and so it it made sense. So honestly, I'm still sort of dealing with it, still yeah. processing it because for me, it's fresh, you know, and honest in anybody who's been through something like that I, I don't really feel like it ever gets to a point where um you just don't remember it. I do think as time goes on and you get the necessary tools and support it does become easier to deal with but that's just not something that you just toss out your mind and just forget it ever happened like it's a part of really who you are I mean it doesn't have to be your identity but yeah. I do think that it is essentially a part of of who you are and you can either allow it to um you know continue to tear you down beat you down or you can use it as a means of um just becoming a stronger person and that's why i think it's it's important for people to share their experiences and you don't always have to do it publicly like it doesn't have to be yes. where you you know on a podcast like this or you know make a post on facebook or a video or something but i think being able to talk about it to someone yeah. um, helps with that that uh freedom process and just you know being able to get in a better space with it you know it's um crazy that you, i know you told me this before i actually in my virtual was like what was your story you told me it, it reminded me of you know like one of my cousins you know i wasn't the only one that got molested it was like other cousins that got molested too and he remembered it like he didn't like remember it and so like recently you know i talk you know i'm probably talk about it you know right. um, um he said he was like watching like the michael jackson um trial but when they mm -hmm. he's watching the r kelly thing and just came to his head i was like damn so when you told me that i was like wow there is men out here that i personally know that don't remember but like it just popped they get something triggers them where it pops up and stuff like that so like when you told me that, I was like, wow, like I thought my cousin was the only person I know, you know, that happened to and everything. But um, I know that might be like a lot and stuff like that. You know, just to, like, it's just so happening to just come out of nowhere and you just remember something. And like, um, he doesn't like, like you said, you don't have to publicly talk about it. He doesn't talk about it and everything. Now I, I can, I, and I respect that and stuff like that, you know, but it did make me feel like, it made, it made people understand why I was the way I grew up, you know, like how you saying how you did stuff, like maybe why, like I'd be like, you know, at family or I didn't want to be around family, so I didn't want to come around, so like when I told, when he like told him about it, like he got he said, okay, now I understand why you were the way you were and stuff like that, even like me 
thinking about like when I like me just being I thought I'd be the way I was. I didn't realize sexual abuse had a lot to do with way how I treated men, how I didn't trust men, how to hang out with men, I like actions and stuff that I did. As a child, I acted out. I was like, oh wow, like when you think about that stuff like wow, this could that could have possibly played a big part of why I did this and that. Absolutely. Like, you know, definitely with the whole trust factor, whether that's like struggling with trusting men, struggling with trusting women, or both for real. Um, a lot of that for people who have dealt with some form of abuse, it does stem from that. Um, yeah. because somebody took advantage of you, right? Like a, a trusted person, whether it was a yeah. family member or just an adult period who should essentially know better. Um, they violated your trust. And so it does make you now kind of side eye people who want to get close to you, people who are trying to connect with you, because in your mind, you may think this person has some kind of ulterior motive as to why they're trying to connect with you or get close to you and things like that. So, you know, that's something that I have struggled with over the years as well. And um, I've gotten much better with it, but it is something that I still have to be intentional about not allowing it to um, cloud my judgment of people yeah. uh, that I meet, especially people that I meet for the first time. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, my next question for you, right? What are you doing in today's world that's helping mental health? Like, what are you doing? What am I? Huh? Well, I'm a therapist for one. Yeah. So that, I didn't want to just, I knew it. I just didn't want to say yeah. <laughs> that's definitely something that I'm doing that I feel is giving back. But then also just, um, you know, speaking out about certain things related to mental health uh, and, you know, sexual abuse, um, you know, being an advocate, not only online, but, um, you know, also doing stuff like this. So like speaking on podcasts, um, I, this past weekend, I actually um, spoke at a men's breakfast at a church. Really? I'm invited to kind of talk about men and mental health, really same, same conversation. Yeah. It's pretty ironic, but I'm just doing stuff like this to try to get the word out there and um, to try to um, get the conversation going about it, for real. Yeah. Um, and next question for you, right? And before I, we, he answered this question, um, I want to ask you, like, what are some good coping skills you could recommend to someone that's, you know, struggling mentally? And before he answer, answers this, I like to say this, like, my coping skills his coping skills may not work for you guys, but, you know, there are some coping skills that may work, you know. So what are some coping skills, my brother? So, okay, I don't know what happened to my camera. It's okay. That's so weird. <laughs> it's, um, it's okay. That's real weird. But you still can hear me, right? Yeah, I can hear you, yes. Okay, I'm just going to stop the video. But um, as far as coping skills, um, so there, there's so many different techniques, so many different things. You got breathing techniques. You got... Yeah. Um, course more therapeutic ones so I guess a few that um, I utilize myself or that I get my clients to um, utilize is journaling um, right. you know and I know everybody's not a writer uh, yeah. and, I get, and what I what I always let my clients know is that listen I'm not asking you to write something every single day you know but I am asking you to at least try to be intentional about um you know jotting down something a couple times a week um, yeah. with journaling not only is it therapeutic but a lot of times you can you know when you write something and then you may come back and look at it a year later you're able to acknowledge your growth um yeah. you kind of see where you were at that time 
um, things like that. And so I'm I'm always an advocate for, especially men, for just writing because sometimes, you know, it's easier for people to write stuff than it is for them to verbally communicate it, you know, and that is a good place to start to be able to at least you can write out how you feel, you know, how your day was, you know, whatever yeah. you might be struggling with versus communicating that to someone directly. So I'm always an advocate for that. Um, I'm, uh, other coping skills I would say would be, you know, making sure you're maintaining your self-care. So self-care is such a broad term um, and it can look so differently for different people. But for me, one of the things that I've um, recently started doing again, because I used to do this a couple of years ago, but it's running. Um, and I, for me, running has been very therapeutic. Um, I mean, it, it can get challenging, but I like the challenge. And I think the challenge yeah. helps me um, continue to do it and to continue to push forward. So finding something you like to do, some kind of hobby, some kind of sport, whether it's working out, um, shoot, it might be, I don't know, painting or something, but finding something that you can do outside of just, you know, sitting on social media and scrolling and things, yeah. like that. but really trying to make good use of your time. So, and, and most importantly, just talking about the stuff that you're dealing with and not keeping it inside. Um, and that's why I think journaling is so helpful because even if you may not be able to talk to someone directly, you're able to write it down and at least yes. get it out. Cause I think getting it out is a first step for most people is at least just being able to acknowledge how it is that you feel um, and how, you know, something may be making you feel. And then, you know, taking the necessary steps to, um, deal with that and to be able to to move past it yo um i was hoping you was gonna say running i was gonna say this is boy is the running champ he always running and stuff like that <laughs> <laughs> but um the journal i like the journal part you know and if you're not like a writer you could do you know voice journals and i think they got that yep. out there Did they got that out there well i mean you don't even have to download an app shoot if you got a phone you can just like record yeah. voice memos in your phone like every phone if i'm not mistaken has those capabilities these days yeah. so shoot just like recording a voice note on your phone is really easy and for people who maybe don't like to write i think that that's a nice um a nice alternative yes and just one more question for you this last question um what can you um, what can you say to someone that's struggling, right? Somebody's struggling right now, right? Mm -hmm. What can you tell them that's why it's so important that they put them put their mental health first? You know, a lot of people, we don't put our mental health first, right? We put others before our mental health. Can you tell someone why it is so important that we put our mental health first? Absolutely. So the reason that it is, is key and vital for you to put your mental health first is because and I always tell my clients this, you can't pour from an empty cup. And if you're not good, then there's no way you can be good for anybody else. So for people out there like myself who struggle with, you know, always, you know, put, sometimes I tend to put other people first yeah. and not necessarily looking out for my own self. And it's not selfish to at times put yourself first like you know if you're not good then how in the world can you be good for anybody else and and to me I think that's really what sums it up like if you're not good then you're not going to be good for your spouse if you have one you're not going to be good for your kids for your friends and so putting your mental health first um and making it a priority is um it, it 
it has a lot of residual effect because not only will you be in a good space, but then the people around you will be able to see that and feel that. Um, and um, shoot, it may even encourage them to do the same, you know, to focus on their wellness and, and, and um, you know, getting their mental health in check. Yeah. And I always say, I always say that nobody's going to put your mental health first. Like you're going to put your, put yours first. Nobody That's will right. ever, ever. And I always say, and I always encourage people, like when somebody gives you that boundary to like, Hey, I got to put myself first, my mental health first. Don't get mad at it. You know, respect it. I know we get enough for that. Trust me, I've been the person that got mad and I had to listen. When they said they mental health, I had to respect it, you know, because I did it before. I was like, hey, I can't do this or I can't engage in this no more because, you know, mentally it's not okay for me and stuff like that. And Exactly. And you got you to gotta be able to do that, um, you know, whether that's, I don't know, in, in a relationship. Yeah. Maybe setting up boundaries with somebody, a friend or a family member. Like all of that stuff um, helps you to prioritize your mental health sure does people make sure you put yourself first you 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 know like like you said it may like people may think it's selfish but it's not you know you gotta protect your energy your your spirit you know you gotta make sure you're okay before you can make sure others are okay and i know we are people some of us want to make sure others are okay before ourselves but we cannot keep doing it so I heard a good analogy with this and it really helped me put it into perspective. So, you know, when you're on the airplane and you you were just on a plane, yeah. you know, they go through that whole demonstration of, you know, if the plane, I don't know, is there's some issues going on in, in the oxygen. Yeah. Now they always tell you, like, if you have kids, make sure you put yours on first and then you put your kids on. And most people would think, well, no, like I want to make sure my child is good. But if you pass out because of a lack of oxygen, now you and your kid is bad. And so I look at it the same way with our mental health. Like you got to make sure you're good because you, like I said before, you can't help anybody else if you're not good. And so just like on that plane where you have to make sure your mask is on first, you got to make sure that your mental health is in a is in a good space. Yeah, definitely do. Ladies and gentlemen, my brother Rich, thank you for coming on my brother um one last moment do you want to promote anything you got going on like what's coming up next for you and stuff like that sure thing so um of course i'm a therapist uh, me and my yeah. wife are therapists we have our own oh, wow. yeah we, so we we work together we have our own um private practice it's called crown life counseling and i can send you like the links and all of that you send me the links yep so i'll shoot that over um so there's that we're therapists. Um, and then outside of that, I am involved in a um, organization that pretty much helps men to deal with the residual effects of their sexual trauma. And as a result of that, there was a book that, um, now I didn't actually write in the book, but I was just a part of the project. But the name of the book is called Echoes, the Stories of Men Overcoming Sexual Trauma. And I can also shoot you a link um to that as well it's a phenomenal book um definitely is (laughs) it definitely definitely is a great book and then one other resource that I always like to put out there and I know you're part of NAMI so I know they have their whole plethora of tools and resources and things yeah but another one that is specific to men um male survivors is called one in six which you may be familiar with it um it's one in six.org but 
very similar to NAMI in that it's like a um, a site that just has like a lot of statistics and facts and a lot of resources yeah. things that men um, can look into. Um, I think they even have like where you can find groups and things to be a part of, like if you you know need that support. But I always like to push them. And granted, I'm not getting anything from pushing them, but it is a, a one of the first resources that I came across when I was looking for things. And so, um, yep. So again, I'm a therapist. You can check me out on my website. Um, check out black the therapist, man. Black male therapist. Kind of looks like brother. Yes, sir. So that's that's pretty much all I got going on right now. I don't have a ton because I'm just trying to like focus on the few things that I do have so I'm not overwhelmed because that's another thing you got to make sure you're not putting too much on your yeah. yeah that's so true I want to say thank you again for saying yes I know we had this on the books for a while, for a while but thank bro. you yeah I know right <laughs> but thank you for saying yes my brother thank you for being a guest thank you thank you so much you're welcome